Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up? What's up? Welcome into the Orange Zone podcast. This is the award-winning Orange Zone podcast. A reminder, you can find every episode on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube under CNY Central. And if you're watching, normally this is the What's Up from the Sky Cam, but it's What's Up from the NBC3 studio. And that is because our equipment is over at the New York State Fair at the fairgrounds. It's that time of year in Central New York. So here we are. So exciting. I'm getting to go to the fair tomorrow, Wednesday, and it's always that crisp feeling when the New York State Fair starts. You know football season is right around the corner. Right. So if you're, if you're listening to us, our mic sound might be a little bit different because we're using the studio mic. So thank you. Bear with us if it's just a little bit lower than what it normally is, but we'll be doing our best in post-production to make sure it's as uh, used to it and normal as it comes every week. So I'm Tommy Sladek. This is Samantha Croston. We have Brendan Hodges up in the studio booth, so we won't be hearing from Brendan. So we will still have his weekly evil trivia that he does. But he can't be villainous. He can't be villainous. So Sam will play the role as villain. She's wearing black today. (laughs) All is well. I did it on purpose. I can't prepare for the moment. But uh, anyway, how you feeling? The fair is around the corner, and when the fair is here, like you said, that means football because we are next week will be our game preview for Colby Syracuse. How cool is that? It's amazing. I haven't decided who I'm going to root for yet. I'm going to think about that. I'm going to get back to you. Obviously, a little <laughs> bit of a conflict of interest there. I guess rooting for no one. Rooting for rooting for a good game, right? Rooting for a good game. I just hope everybody has That's fun. fun. But I will agree with you. I think the weather, everything's just felt a little crispier. And I do have one question before we get started. I just want to get this out of the way. Pumpkin spice latte is back at Dunkin' Donuts. And I just want to know if you think that's okay in August or not. Honestly, it's orange behind us. I think that's cool. I say let it rip. I think it's also dependent on the weather. Like, I mean, also, you know what? You can do whatever you want. But as someone that is honestly feels... (laughs) modest feels indifferent towards pumpkin spice latte like i don't mind it i don't hate it i don't love it i could never see myself drinking that at 95 degrees but if it's like mm. this morning and it's you're waking up and it's 67 drink away it's a good time for a pumpkin spice latte season. i would know because i had one just wanted to just want to see what you thought i figured that was coming i figured that was coming <laughs> well, what was it good it was great delicious Excellent. so crisp so crisp. All right. Well, let's get into it. You ready let's to talk some it. football? Yeah, of course. So, again, SU training camp, this is our last week that we've been able to be at practice. So our last uh, observations, if you will, before next week where we'll still be getting to talk to Coach Babers and talking to the players, but this is our last practice week. Um, and, and ultimately, the biggest takeaway, Sam, I've had from August and really just absorbing it is it's a reminder about how things and how important routine is in football. Mm. They talk about it at the NFL level when the teams go to the Super Bowl. They try to keep their routine and make it as normal week as possible. 
It's the same thing in college football. They have their routines of their stations, working as individuals as position players, working goal line, working as teams, working one-on-ones between the defensive backs and wide receivers, defensive line and offensive line. Syracuse is cut from that cloth. And it's something that consistency has been there. But what's different this year is the way that they feel, the energy around the team. The players are all saying, We've never been more together at this point in the season or at this point in the year in the offseason getting ready. And to me, that's very encouraging. And we say it a lot, but team chemistry never goes unnoticed, something that's really important. And we have the entire schedule here kind of laid out for us. A couple things are jumping off the page. You have the Colgate season opener. So exciting. The and I know right that you're here. going to Colgate today. And I am. What, what are you going to do there today? Just so our viewers kind of know that that's, you know, it's a pretty cool thing that you're doing that. Sure. So I'm heading out to practice just like we do with Syracuse football. I'm going to be speaking with the coach, hopefully speaking with a few players and just trying to get a feel for them because end of the day, yes, like this area lives and breathes Syracuse, but we have two more Division One football programs in the area. We have Cornell. We have Colgate. At the D3 level, we have Cortland that makes noise at D3 ranked already in the top 25, Ithaca as well. But with this one, to have these two schools playing each other week one, I love that. It's a rare opportunity when you're able to go to the practice of whoever Syracuse is playing week one and be able to get a feel for not just what they're feeling about themselves, but how they view Syracuse. Mm. And that's a perspective I'm happy that we're going to be having on next week's episode. Absolutely. Dropping Wednesdays. Dropping we're, Wednesdays. We're, win- we're winning Orange Podcast. You already know. Yeah. The other thing is, on this schedule, a lot of really exciting opponents. Mm-hmm. I think we should just rip it. One game that you're really excited for. Oh, boy. It's the one that hopefully we're going to. September 16th, Syracuse at Purdue. Last year, that was one of the if not the most exciting football game I've ever been to. It was. And you've always said that. From day one, you always thought that. From day one, I knew that game was special. And to me, it's going to be the exact same situation as last year, where Syracuse has a chance to start the season 2-0 and go in there and really let people know that they're here for, uh, you know, that they're here to to make some noise and go 3-0. And so for it to be out there, a Big Ten school, I can't wait. And it was electric. It was a win inside the Dome, mm-hmm. 32-29 for anyone who didn't remember. You had the QB battle that was going on between Schrader and O'Connell. You had the battle between Charlie Jones and Aronde Gatson the second. The difference is they don't have either of those guys on Purdue's team this time around. Both of those guys, they're in the NFL now. Right. So it's going to be an exciting matchup. For me, I'm going to say Clemson is okay. the one I'm most excited for because I felt like that was the game that turned the season around. And if... Syracuse would have won that game last year. I felt like we would have been headed in a completely different direction. Not to mention, that game's in the Dome this year, my friend. That game is in the Dome. That is in the Dome. And that is a big question when you look back at last year is if they got that win, would it have helped shift the narrative of how that season went? And I I agree with you. I think it would have. The question is, were those injuries still bound to happen? Because even if that way they did sneak out with a win – would it have just been an 8-4 and four season and everything else would have felt the same? Who knows? I feel like you always take the words out of my mouth because I did have here What you got? my biggest questions, and I really do feel that success this year is dependent on this. Okay. The first thing, will Garrett Schrader stay healthy the entire season? Ooh, That's I like one this. thing that I really think I'm worried about it, I'm interested to see what happens, and I'm hoping for the best. I'm also right. wondering what the 2023 special teams unit is going to bring. Because if you remember, there was a punting problem, and I think that's something that has to be fixed. I'm also interested to see 
um, kicker Brady Denneberg. That's mm -hmm. right, right? Denneberg. I want to see if he's going to convert at a similar rate to Andre Schmidt. And I think that's something that can't kind of be understated there. Yeah. So the kicking situation is there. It seems like he's like we have people. He's like we have a guy that hits it long and high. We have a guy that is right down the uprights from a small from a closer distance. He goes. He goes. I, I believe it was today that he was saying he goes. My special teams guys are. He's like there's some of my MVPs of training camp right now. He's like our mm -hmm. punk game is going to be different, or our kicking game is going to be different. Our punk game is going to be different. We have Jack Stonehouse comes from a punting family, played at Mizzou, SEC kid, and it just feels like that is something that's going to be addressed because last year it was a major issue and maybe not talked about enough about how much I that agree. did impact games. So, I, I agree 100%. You know. What would be one thing that you think is a pro for you, something you saw at training camp that makes you feel really excited? <sighs> Good question. Um, the offense and defense can go back and forth. Mm. Like They can really go back and forth where it's every other day it seems like the defense is getting the best of them. The offense is getting the best of them, and that's what you want. You want, you want to see those big moments from the offense and defense. But the, the biggest thing for me that I just I love to see is the weapons that they have at receiver and the connection that Garrett Traders made with them. And honestly, just where Garrett's standing. Because if you talked to us a month ago, we had no idea what he would look like throwing the ball in week one of training camp. Is he going to be even throwing it? Is he just going to be doing handles for the first two weeks? We weren't really sure where he was, where he was at. Dino Babers wasn't even really sure where he'd right. be at. I think both of them are very happy with where they are because from what I can see, for the most part, he is just about involved as any other quarterback out there. And a part of that process of getting him ready, because um, in the offseason, we forgot to mention it, he did have elbow surgery at the end of February on his throwing arm. And that seemed to have been taken care of. And they were told by the doctors he would come back the same, if not better. They liked their chances. The and here's same, if not better. And here's Very a chance promising. for him to actually prove it. And Aronde Gadsden is an NFL guy. He's going to be playing on Sundays. And on the other side of the field, I think Damian Alford is really going to be making a splash. We saw bits and pieces of it last year. But he's like, I've gotten better at every aspect of the game. And one of the things that he's been doing all camp is normally when we're not there, of course, because I would love to have the footage, is he's just making fantastic catches. And so listen, keeps happening. we've mentioned this in the past, but for me, I really feel like this offense has the potential to be a dynamic several trick pony. Oh. Several trick pony. That's kind of, it's kind of the phrase I'm They're going with. They're spreading the wealth. Yeah, it's versatile. You have Aranda Gaskin in the second. You have LaQuint Allen. You have Garrett Schrader. We don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like the potential is there and the excitement is there surrounding this offense. Nice. I got a question for you. You ready? Let's hear it. Let it rip. Okay. What's the more likely upset pick? Syracuse over Clemson at home or UNC on the road? I'm going to adjust that to say which one would you rather see more? Which one would I rather see more as far as the upset? Yeah. I'm going to say Clemson, and here's Agreed. why. Because UNC all-time against Syracuse, 3-3. Three and three. Syracuse-Clemson all-time, 2-9. and nine. It's a It would be story. the bigger upset. It really would be. And I think especially knowing that they're home, what that would do for the fan base, what that would do for the community, all of that translates to play on the field. I truly and honestly feel like you've seen when this community is as excited as they can be, the way that everybody felt when we were at 6-0 and last year, the Syracuse football team. How that all felt, I think that translates on the field. So I think that would be really cool for the fan base too. And to quote Will Ferrell's character in Blades of Glory, I think it's Chaz Michaels or Chaz Michael Michaels. <laughs> But it's the beginning about. of the song with Kanye and Jay-Z. He was like, it gets the people going. <laughs> yeah. 
And it that's does. what Clemson does to the Syracuse fan base. That 100%. game does that year in and year out, whether it's away or home. People have it circled on the map because they know what those two wins meant to this area. And they're the big dog. So go after the big dog. So you agree you with me on that one. one? Heck yeah. Okay, question for you, and we'll All rapid right. fire them. Which unit is more likely to rank in the top 25, SU's offense or defense? Mmm, great question. Great question. And I have my answers written down, so I'm ready to go, and you can know that I'm not just agreeing or disagreeing with you. I don't feel crazy in saying that I think, it, I think either of them could be there. Last year, it was, it was definitely feeling like it was the defense, but with Jason back there, with Garrett Schrader having some sense of stability and comfortability with a person coming in as his coordinator, knowing that relationship he already had with Beck, Knowing the weapons they have, the question mark is going to be how those new guys fill the three empty spots at offensive line. And if we get three checked boxes there, you know that the weapons in the quarterback are going to be able to get it done. And I think it could be a really, really exciting offense. So let's go offense. I was going to say, that's your long way of saying offense, right? Because that is yeah, also what is. I have I written down. Yeah, I should have answered that. Nice. So we're two for two on agree. Okay. What's more likely, Garrett Schrader passes for 20-plus touchdowns or LaQuint Allen rushes for 10-plus touchdowns? Wow. Tough one. And this is Brendan. So this is the villain upstairs who put this together. I like that. I think it's Schrader passing. And I say that because what did you use to describe the offense of how you wanted it to be? I said spreading the wealth. Multifaceted trick. <laughs> you did not say that earlier. Something trick pony. Yeah, uh, multi trick pony. A multi trick pony? It was normally expressions I feel like it's a one trick pony. And at times, the Syracuse offense felt like that because you had Sean Tucker back there, right? It was a one trick pony. Yes. Even though it never really was, but you knew. It felt like that at that times. You wanted the ball to go to 34. And who would blame him? Why not get the ball to Sean every single time? An absolute Look brick. Look what he does. But this time around, I think the wealth is spread because there's going to be a lot of attention on a Ronde, and that's going to open up opportunities for Alfred. I think Alfred's going to become so much of an issue that attention's going to be drawn to him, which does open lanes for LeQuint to do his thing, but it opens up for Garrett to look around. Slot receivers, fullback, running back, anything I think it's a 20 passing touchdowns what about you and it is funny because I did have that at first but then I just felt myself backspacing for some reason because I wanted to put my money on LaQuint Allen I just loved everything I saw yet last year yeah. I thought he had a lot of potential and I felt like 10 plus touchdowns was something reasonable and something that that he could achieve I think so too you want to do one more question and we move on to orange in the NFL yeah okay. you decide which one let's see here who hmm hmm Okay, here we go. What's more likely? Come the spring, we'll be talking about SU having a first-round draft pick, or we'll be wondering why no former Orange player was drafted. This was the hardest one for me. This was the hardest one for me, so you picked a good one. Because I almost feel like they are... Neither could have. Neither are likely yeah. at all. Yeah. I feel like they That's will have guys drafted. Right. But I don't think that they'll be drafted in the first round. And mm -hmm. that's, that's really honestly what I think. That was, and I'm no, normally like, you have to decide, you have to decide. But I just didn't think either of them were really all that likely. So I'm going to kind of just stick to my guns here and just say neither of those things are going to happen. Fair? I, I think it is fair. But if, what did you say, Hodges? <laughs> Sorry, he's in her. Brendan, Brendan is, is very upset game. with that so answer. So here's my answer. I, it is 
I will be shocked beyond belief if no names are called in next year's draft. So, for that reason, I'm going with first round, and I think it, it could be a Rondé depending on the type of season he has. It shows you, like, Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably going to be a, a lottery pick. Um, but outside of that, there are really, really, really good receivers that end up going on day three. Yeah. And I look back, remember A.T. Perry from Wake mm-hmm. Forest? Sure do. Literally a Syracuse destroyer. Like, they're kryptonite. <laughs> Perfect so, nickname. So good for Wake. And he ended up going around four or five. I forget now. So it is possible that that happens. But the way the ceiling for Rondé is, I just, I think it's so, so high with how much this guy is loved around the league as being that dude. And from what we see from practice, to me, here's, here's one of the things. We talked about camp observations. It's sure. my last note on it. Okay. When you're out there, it feels like every player is kind of getting in the mix with stuff. When you watch a Rondé at anything, it's different. Different it's, how? It's different in the way he goes about it. For one, he's a hard worker. But no matter where he is out there, you just feel like there's this little bit of a glow around him. He just has that glow factor where you know he's a dog. Well, he's a second-team preseason All-American for a reason. Yeah. And you always said that he's going to be playing on Sundays, so I'll go with you because I say I'm going to bet on Orange and I'm going to bet on Syracuse football until I have a reason not to. Love that. Okay. Okay. Giddy up. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ready to move on? Sure. Orange and the pros. You want to kick us off with it with how these guys are doing? Yes, and we got to start with Matthew Bergeron on this Berge. note. Because what an impact and what a splash. He made his first start in an NFL game over the weekend for the Atlanta Falcons. And you always have to be ready for your moment because there's an injury for projected starter Matt Hennessy. Temple and Bergeron, guy. Temple guy. Yep. Had to brag about that for a minute, didn't you? Couldn't yeah, let that go. Squeeze that in. But now... Bergeron is looking at, he's in line to get a, the nod at left guard for, you know, starting position for week one, which is pretty crazy if you think about the fact that I was reading, just reading up on him a little bit earlier, it said he only had one offer out of high school, and now he is about to be playing on Sundays. It's an amazing story. It is, and I think for, no matter where you are, but I think especially in the NFL, I think there is a bonus, whether you're a D lineman or an offensive lineman, to be able to really learn behind a guy and get a grip on it in your first year. But then again, we see big names start all the time. And I am not, I, I couldn't be more excited for him. And ultimately, it's going to be a growing year. I'm sure he's going to have some growing pains. But I think Bergeron's the type of dude that's just ready to go whenever. And so I'm excited to see him out there. Not to mention, he did not play left guard at Syracuse. He played tackle. So mm-hmm. he's learning a new position in the process. Be in Excited to see everything that he's going to do. But you're right, probably some growing pains. But still, the opportunity is really, I think, all you can hope for in that position. You also have Sean Tucker. He's continuing to work, tar- work hard. He's working towards earning that roster spot with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Carried the ball 13 times for 47 yards, and he caught four passes in two games. And a side note, this kid is just such a hard worker. 
Yeah. He, I came across that video that he put together when he could not attend the NFL Combine. Like, just the fact that he was willing to do that and put that together just to kind of show what kind of passion he has, to me, if I was a scout, that would mean something to me. And not to mention, you, you talked about the, the stats. And I do want to say one thing that I think helps explain this a little bit better for the folks at home. The first game that he was out there in the preseason, I believe, and I, I'm 99% sure I have this right, he carried the ball six times for 10 yards. So really nothing going on. Against the Jets, he ran the ball seven times for 37 yards of an average of five yards per carry. A few of those were very explosive plays. He also caught the ball three times. So that game really ended up sh- like showing what he could do because at this point he is in a battle to possibly be their RB2. Not even practice squad. So for this to all end up working out for him and for him to end up being on a roster, the Bucs could be sneaking away with, you know, sneaky, the, the best undrafted guy of the year. But we shall see. And also what you say, just as far as the explosiveness and him kind of showing the world what he can do, just scratching and clawing to get a couple extra yards, that's exactly what he did at Syracuse the entire time he was here. So it's cool to see that being displayed on an even bigger scale. Yeah. Outside of that, you got Michael Jones. He saw some action against the Los Angeles Chargers in the second preseason game. Undrafted linebacker, he had five total tackles against the New Orleans Saints. you have a note on that? I have a note. All the all, only thing I have on that is Michael's a man. We loved, man. We loved interviewing him. Really, really great dude, and you know, wish him nothing but the best. So I'd love to see him end up uh, you know, cracking that roster out there with the Chargers. 100%. And then just quickly, just recap it, Garrett Williams, he's remaining on the Arizona Cardinals active slash non-football injury list. Has he yet to seen any NFL game action so far? But we're Not rooting surprised, for him. right? No, not surprised, but you also have Andre Schmidt. He was released by the Chicago Bears earlier in training camp, so he also remains a free agent. And that kind of wraps everybody up. That's a good list, though. It's it a is good a list. good list and an impressive list. And it also makes you think that question we were talking about earlier, yeah, there are going to be some, some players playing on Sunday. At least I think so. I believe it, too. You want to do some trivia? Let's do some trivia. Let's so rock. we mentioned this. Brendan Hodges, not here today, unavailable to be the villain. He's here. He just can't talk. Right. We just don't have, we just don't have a mic for him. He's just, he's just in our ear from the studio. Yeah. So we'll relay it if he has anything villainous to say. But in the meantime, I have the question here. I'm ready. And Tommy's going to answer it. Here we go. Trivia for today. And this is the question. It's a Matthew Bergeron-style question. Matthew Bergeron is in line to make his first career NFL start in week one of his rookie season. Who was the last position player to do so? From Syracuse? Yes. Okay. To make his start, is it the first week of the rookie season or just his rookie season? Brendan, talk to me. Week one of his rookie season. Okay. I have three names at the top of my head here. I think... Let this man cook. Shut the, it up a little bit. If it's been a long time, based on him being a first-round selection in the state of the Giants at the time, I think it could be Justin Pugh. But that was 10 years ago. The ones that stick out to me a little bit more are Trill Williams and Andre Sisco. Because Trill Williams, I believe, made an immediate splash with the Dolphins. And Cisco, I know for a fact, made an immediate splash with the Jags. Both were in situations where they were able to Mm. slide right in there. I like when you explain your reasoning. But in true Brendan fashion, you have to know that you can only lock one answer. Yeah. We also have Ify Melifonwu, who went to the Lions that same year as Cisco. 
But I don't believe he started. So let's do this. So many choices. You guys ready? So many options. Lock it in. This actually, it feels like with the studio <clears throat> we're in right now, I do feel like we're on like, who wants to be a millionaire? You know when the lights go down, shoo! And then Regis Philbin's like, is that your final answer? <laughs> Trey Cisco, final answer. That's your final answer? Final answer. Mm. Wrong! Who was it? I, I feel sad to tell you. Is it Justin Pugh? It sure is. Dang, man. Justin Pugh started at right tackle for the New York Giants in the 2013 season opener against the Dallas Cowboys. You said it. You said it first. You had it. Look at that. Look at his face. <laughs> in deep thought. If you're, if you're listening, just... Just know that you can feel it in my voice right now. That hurts. You look disgusted. Pugh had been drafted 19th overall oh. by the Giants just months before. Brendan also has a quick note. Yeah. He was not the latest orange to start in week one of his rookie season. That honor goes to Riley Dixon, who won the Denver Broncos punting job in 2016. Got it. Well, we also have a banner raising happening um, on Thursday at SU Men's Soccer Stadium because the preseason number one team is going to be lifting their national championship banner. That's right. It's great stuff. I know that's right. Got a little double header action coming mm -hmm. up too. This is a really exciting team, okay? Hughes won a program best 19 games last season. They won the ACC regular season title, ACC championship, defeating Indiana in the College Cup final. Just an unreal season overall and a team to look out for. So, Thursday's contest, we got a little double header action. Love that to start the season. 3 p.m., women's team is going to host Auburn in its 2023 home opener. And then the men play Providence at 7 p.m. If you're interested, admission, parking, free for both matches. And just a side note, yeah. SU women and SU men won all of their exhibition games, five between the two of them, and they outscored their opponents 13 to zero. These teams are not to be messed with. Yeah. Not at all. It's all like right. that. Let's pack the stands. Let's do it. Should be a great season for both teams. I'm pumped. But um, Orange Zone Podcast, Tommy Sladek, Samantha Cross, and Brendan Hodges on the producer booth. That's our show. We'll be back right here next week. We will have the interview with Colgate. We'll have a look ahead preview to the season. And hopefully, Mr. James Munger is back in action. But we're going to be at the fair next week. It's going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Go Colgate. Go Syracuse. I just hope both teams have fun. We'll see you next week. There we go. Peace.